This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host Meryl van der Merwe and we are now on episode 42 and today we're going to be looking at online tools for photography. I have a guest with me today, my husband in fact, Piers van der Merwe. He has been a photographer for many years now and if you want to take a look at his photos you can find them on um, SmugMug. You can find them there at onstandby.smugmug.com also at his blog which is onstandbytravel.com where I occasionally write as well but the photos if they're good are all his. Well welcome Piers. Well it's good to be on the show. Uh, Piers also is the photography teacher at our sponsor Funder Funder Academy and he's had quite a number of students now through his classes and I have been amazed at how the students have improved. Many of the tools he's going to be talking about today he does share with the students in the class and they use them. So Piers to get going let us take a look at editing tools and let me just say all the items we mentioned here will be in the show notes. So if you miss something or aren't sure what we've mentioned, do go to homeschoolingwithtechnology.com, look for episode 42, and you'll find all the links you need. So Piers, let's first talk about editing tools. Once we've taken photos, it's summer, everyone's taking lots of photographs. How do we go about editing those? Well, the standard tools are Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Lightroom. And most photographers will use both those tools. Adobe Lightroom is for basic editing and storage of your photographs. Uh, And then Adobe Photoshop is where you take more advanced uh, editing of your photographs. The the problem with those is they cost money. And so for just under $10 a month, you can get those tools. so very often people starting out can't afford the $10 a month, uh, particularly if they're a student. So there are options that you can, you can use that are, not, uh, that are either free or, or pretty low cost. The two most common, I would say, are probably the Google Photos and the photo editing tool, Apple Photos, that is basic on Apple computers. Um, so Google Photos is great because they allow you to uh, store your photographs too. And we'll talk about storage in a little bit, little time. But uh, Google Photos uh, deals with the most basic editing functions. Whereas Apple Photos does the same thing, but takes it to a whole different level. Um, the native app in Apple is actually quite powerful. Uh, it's, you can do things like retouching, curves, noise reduction, vignetting, it's almost like a Lightroom light, if you, if I may say that, a light version of Lightroom, and it really is quite powerful. Um, and we'll talk about how you can then share and store a little bit later on. Um, but there are other tools that are available. Those are mainly tools that are built in. There are other online tools, and the most commonly known is a tool called Pixlr, and uh, we use that in our course. 
uh, Pixlr is, can be free. It's a web browser-based tool. It, they used to have an offline version as well, but they seem to have dropped that. So Pixlr um, allows you to do some of the things that Photoshop can do. For example, uh, you can do layers, and if you take the courses, you'll know that layers are are quite a, a fundamental part of doing photography. Uh, so Pixlr allows you to, allows you to do that, whereas Apple and Google don't. Um, then there's another whole bunch of tools you can use. Uh, for example, GIMP. And what we've done is we've given you a link from a, a website called Tech Radar that did a, a, a review of the best tools that are out there. So we've just given you a link to that, and you can go and have a look at that link to see the tools that are available. But as I, as I say, if you if you really do take photography seriously, probably you want to start looking at Adobe Photoshop uh, and Lightroom. Thanks. Of course, what's great about the ones that you can have in your browser, like Pixlr, is it means that if you're using a Chromebook, you can edit like that because you don't have to worry about um, putting software on your actual machine. So there is a, a good reason for looking at those. Right, so next, let's move on to now. Um, once you've got your photos, you've got them edited, now you want to store them. Photos take up space. Where do you suggest one stores photos these days? Well, it's actually a problem. Um, if you store them offline, then you need to back them up. Uh, and so I have a sophisticated backup system here in my home office. Uh, but if you're storing them offline, they take up a lot of room. You need to back them up because hard drives fail. And the problem is that online storage, there are plenty of tools out there like Flickr or Photobucket, those kinds of things. The problem when you involve your kids with those things is that sometimes there are stuff on that on those sites that you don't want your kids to see. And it's very, very difficult to, to control that. Uh, so there are alternatives. Uh, for example, Google Photos um, has unlimited storage if you keep your pictures under 16 megabytes. Uh, the moment the pictures go over 16 megabytes, then they take up the free, well, the storage that you get with Google, which is free up to 15 gigabytes per account. Um, Apple Photos allows you to uh, store some stuff as well. There's a certain amount that's free, uh, but above a certain amount, you're going to be paying uh, a, a monthly fee, like 99 cents, I think, is for the first 50 gigabytes or something like that. And then, of course, there's Dropbox. Um, Dropbox is a great tool, but again, I think the free limit is 100 megabytes, which you, if you're storing photographs from a digital SLR camera, uh, the raw photographs are typically in the region of uh, 20 to 30 meg, uh, and so quickly you take up storage space. Uh, but those are the tools that are available. Okay, now we've got them stored, but what happens when you want to share them with friends, family, maybe you want to even share them with um, the public, people you don't even know. How do you go about doing that? Well, of course, the sites like Flickr and Photobucket are designed exactly for that, and that's their strength. Uh, but there's a problem of, of dubious material on those sites. Um, so I think there are various different options. Um, Google Photos, for example, allows you to share uh, where you store those things in, in albums, and you can send it out to your friends and family uh, quite easily, or you can put out a, a public link to, from a website. Uh, Apple allows you to do the same thing on iCloud. They can, you can make your 
uh, photographs public on iCloud. In fact, you can do, do it in such a way that if you go as a family to a certain place, um, you can share the same uh, site with an iCloud, and it's actually quite interactive. Uh, then you can use free websites like Blogger, Weebly, WordPress, if you want to share your, your photographs publicly. Right, so basically you'd create a, a portfolio on one of those websites. And um, for high schoolers, this, uh, this is a good idea because when they're applying for scholarships and getting into colleges, they may have the opportunity to actually be able to share a link to their work if they've um, become a serious photographer over the years. Um, can you share with us any online resources for learning more about photography? Yeah, you know, photography is all about light. And light is measured by a camera, when they call it exposure triangle. Um, and the three elements of, of any camera that determines how much light gets into the camera are three things. It's the aperture, the shutter speed, and what they call the ISO. The ISO is the sensitivity of, of the camera to, to light. And there's some great tools online to give you the ability to figure out how the, those things interact with each other. And that's really the core of understanding photography, is understanding those three things. So, for example, there's a, there's a site called camerasim.com, and it's got a great little tool where you can play with the interaction between those three different elements. Uh, the downside of camerasim.com is that they've removed... Uh, it was originally very free, completely free, but now they've tried and, and make you buy something. So you have to fiddle around with it a bit to, to bypass that or else you have to pay the $39. But there are other tools that are similar, uh, just not as intuitive. And those can be found on the on the Adorama uh, link that we've given you as part of the show notes. Um, there are 10 online camera simulations that you can play around with. And they're great tools. And I would encourage the uh, any any person getting into photography to spend some time with those. Right, great. Um, any other online resources that you like to learn, to use to learn more about photography? Well, th the other thing about photography is it's creative. And there's nothing better than getting your creative juices going than looking at other photographers and see what they're doing. Uh, I can spend hours in the evening just looking at, at photographers who, who are better than me and trying to learn from them. Uh, and so I'll give you two examples. Uh, travel photographer, um, journalist, the guy called stevemccurry.com. He's written a number, well, he's got a number of published books on photography uh, and his website's in the show notes. Um, he's probably my favorite. And there's another guy called Ken Kamineski, um, whose photography is, is unique and quite inspirational. And so I, I spend a lot of time just, just looking at these guys' photographs and just getting inspiration and it teaches you a lot. And then you have a, a student who's doing fairly well with photography, correct? Yeah, we, we had a student who went through our course and it was clear from the beginning that he had a, a strong talent. And uh, he's got an Instagram account. Uh, his name's Isaac Weatherly. And uh, I would encourage you to go and look at what's capable of a, a young young man who's um, a high school student and he, his photography is excellent. And uh, it's what every kid can do if they, if they really put their mind to it. 
All right, great. Yes, and uh, I, I do follow him. And um, I must say, I'm, I, I just love what he does. He takes a lot of shots in our hometown, which is beautiful. I've never yet met him personally, but I'm enjoying his photography. And now let's go on to the final thing is, can you share with us your favorite apps? Okay, so uh, cell phones have become incredible tools for photography. Uh, the iPhone and the Google Pixel and uh, the Samsungs have got great cameras. And so there are a whole bunch of native apps, well, native apps that you can use, but there are also apps that uh, you can download. I don't use those by and large because I use a native app that comes with my iPhone. But there are a couple of tool apps that you, you can use. So as I said in the beginning, light is key to, to photography. And there are certain times of the day that uh, is better for taking are, are better for taking photo, uh, photographs. And there's, a, there's an app called Magic Hour, um, and that tells you when the best time of the day is, both in the morning and the evening, in any site that you go to, any part of the world you go to. And I, I live off that app. Um, the other app that I use a lot is a thing called PhotoPills, and that does similar things, but has a lot more. It's like a Swiss Army knife. Of apps and uh, so I would encourage you to download those apps and, and use them. Photo pills will take you a little bit lo longer to, to learn uh, but it's a great app. Well Piers thank you very much for coming and sharing all that with us. I hope that will help both you and your children as you take photos and improve slowly over time. If you do think your children would benefit from being in Piers's online class then I'm going to give you a special coupon that you can use to get $10 off. If you use the code HWT19, that's HWT is for homeschooling with technology, and then 19, you will get $10 off. This will not be in the show notes. It's only for those of you who've actually listened in. So we will link to the class in the show notes, but the coupon code, you do need to remember that or write it down. So it's HWT19. In addition, if your children start taking great photos, you use some of these tools, we'd love to see them. Join our Facebook group if you haven't already, Homeschooling with Technology Community and um, you can share there it's a closed group so you'll just be sharing with those of us uh, your the fellow people who are listening in on this podcast well thanks again for listening in this week and look forward to being again with you next week same time thanks for tuning in to homeschooling with technology with meryl vandermerva Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.